0: Don't go, I got one more question. Okay, I'm sorry. I, I told her, I said, this will be no trouble. And now she's already ready to leave. But anyway, one, one more question. Do you know why do we celebrate Jesus? Because he saved us in our sins so we could go to heaven with him. Yeah. Yay. Yay. <laughs> she knew exactly what to say. Jesus took the punishment that we deserve for us, right? And, and so, Riley, we, we had Riley a lot of prayers in her a year ago, so I'm glad that she could be up on your stage. Doesn't her hair look lovely, yeah. right? High five. We love you, Riley. All right. Go. Thank you. That wasn't so painful, was it? All right. All right. Thank you, Brass family. It's great to see all the Brass family together. I know one's in Colorado now and just kind of spread out. Ben's always traveling somewhere, but man, it is so good to see them together for Christmas. So we had to use them uh, for, for our Advent candle. So thank you, Brass family. Um, each Sunday, we've lit a candle, and each candle represents—and uh, and the first one was hope. The second one was preparation. Last week, we celebrated joy. And tonight, I, I want to focus on love. And, and that's the, the last candle that was lit. Matter of fact, uh, the world definitely defines love in different ways. Matter, I, I do believe that if, if we sat down, we could, we could come up and agree on some of the definitions uh, together. But I, I went to Webster's. And let me share with you just a few of the words, uh, selected words that they use to define love. One is affection. And with that, oh, we understand, you know, February 14th is coming up, you know, Valentine's Day, affection's a part of that, right? Attraction is, is one of the definitions. Admiration, also, uh, attachment is used to define uh, love. I want us to define love, but I'm not looking to Webster's. I'm actually going to use the Scripture uh, to to define love for us this evening. Uh, In part, i got to say, there's nine different categories for love in Webster's. Number four gets to, to me the closest as to what Scripture says. It begins with unselfish, loyal, benevolent. And then in that in that same context in number four, it says God. It says God. You see, I believe that as we look at Scripture tonight, we're gonna we're gonna absolutely identify that God defines love for us. And, and we're gonna look at that. Here, let me read for you a passage from First John. A number of, of verses throughout Scripture uh identifies God's love for us, but, but here in, in 1 John chapter 4, verses 7 through 12, uh, John comes along, as he does in his gospel several places, but here in 1 John chapter 4, uh, verses 7 through 14, I want to read for you uh, that passage uh, where, where it identifies love. It begins by calling us to love. It says, Beloved, let us love one another Real quick, I, I don't want to spend a whole lot of time tonight. That takes away from the celebration. We don't want to listen to, to Ronnie all night long. But, but here, I, I want us to focus in on the definition of love that, that I believe is within the context of the Scripture, as I said. Here's the definition. First of all, love comes from God. God defines love. Matter of fact, in, that's what it says in verse 7. In verse 8, it says, God is love. John, John is one who, who absolutely identifies the characteristics of God. We know God to be all-powerful, all-knowing, uh, and, and ever-present. Uh, that's, that's how we hear God defined uh, many times. But in like John chapter 1, we, we hear from John that God is light. He reveals. He reveals. In John chapter 4, I'm talking about the gospel of John. John chapter 4, it says that God is spirit. That's I believe that's how God could be everywhere and all-knowing and and all-powerful. He, he is not flesh like us. He is spirit. And then finally, here what we've read in four and verse eight says that God is love. I, I, I've read a, a book suggested to me as I was studying uh, the Trinity. Uh, a book by Michael Reeves, and and the the uh, title of that book is "Delighting in the Trinity." His The point he makes in that book is that God is loved, therefore he is always loved. Even before the creation of all things, God was loving. In that thinking, God did not create so he could love. But he actually had loved even before all creation. And, and he loved in, the, in that aspect of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. There was love that existed prior to our creation. Love that existed and there was a unity that was there as well. When he created, one of the wonderful things that we see in Scripture is what he gave to us, and that is marriage. Marriage between a husband and a wife. It said that husbands, hey, men, you leave your father and mother, and, and you cling together with that wife, uh, and and guess what? The two will become one flesh. Clearly identifies that God, the creator, is the des- designer of love and, and the builder of, of such wonderful relationships, right? That, that's what God has created. And he created within all of us that Capacity to love and love like God, I think even even uh, even today there are evidences of god's love. Uh, you know one of those close places would be how a mom loves their child uh, and, and invests in them and cares for them and goes way beyond what they ought to do for uh, for their child. We see it in soldiers or in many who sacrifice their lives uh, on behalf of others. We see that in In Scripture as well. Now, the problem of love in the world has been this: sin, right? Sin, because around us in the world, when when it comes to that definition of love, we have the words of affection and and uh, uh, also of affection and attraction and and attachment. A lot of that is uh, is connected with my will uh my my love rules uh or myself rules over love in my life and it's going to be over the things that i desire and that i want and and so god defines love differently he absolutely defines love so much differently it is a problem when when we look at ourselves because it more more of the the world loves from the uh, from from the perspective of within. It's all directed to me. It's all directed to me. And that causes difficulty. God defines love. Again, that's the point. And how did he define love? He defined love by sending his love into this world. He sent his love into this world. I, uh, his, his love is not, I, I mentioned that, that his love is defined in, within the scriptures, and it's not based upon that, oh, God is love and that's it. That there's substantive uh, actions of God that proved his love. Even in the Old Testament we see it, right? We see God's love uh, brought out in the Old Testament. And, and I go to the, the point that, that I love to make concerning the flood, Well, God loved in the flood? Well, actually, the flood also reveals his absolute holiness in a world that was so wicked and sinful, absolutely ignoring God, that, yeah, God brought down his judgment on all his creation. And yet, through his grace, through his love, which is evidenced by his patience and his mercy, he saved a family through that flood. In order to to rebuild humanity, and 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 bring about uh, humanity once again in this world, so through his judgment he destroyed everything, and then through Noah and his family he recreated, and and I believe that's an evidence of his love. The greatest evidence is through his promise. He makes a number of promises. I could go into details about, but imagine this: the promise that he makes is. I'm never going to do that again. I'm never never going to destroy the world again by flood. How many times over do you think the world uh, God ever thought about? It's time to destroy. Because something didn't change. In that promise, God's holiness didn't change. Our sinfulness didn't change. We continue in this world. Have you noticed? (laughs) The the broken and sinful world around us, and even in looking out and around, we also have to identify, man, right here, the sinfulness that's been prevalent in my life. The things that, that before Jesus came that I deserved God's holy wrath upon me. How many times would God have destroyed the world over and over and over again, and he would have been righteous in doing it? Absolutely because we deserve it. We deserve it because of our sinfulness. He is a holy and righteous God. Listen, uh, the greatest manifestation going back to the passage, the greatest manifestation of God's love, that is, him bringing His love about in this world, is found in the coming of His Son Jesus. Oh well, OK, there's a woo-hoo amen or anything else would be acceptable let's do some celebrating in the coming of jesus why would uh, riley riley said it absolutely correct in the fact that he paid our debt he paid our debt matter of fact the the verse that we see in verse 9 says this in this the love of god was made manifest among us That God sent his only son into the world so that we might live through him. John's the same one who wrote John 3.16, right? For God so loved the world that he sent his only son, that whoever believes in him will not perish, but have everlasting life. Oh, you guys are good. (laughs) I love it. I love it because... Part of our celebration is responding to that, is responding, is worshiping him and returning that love, having the opportunity to absolutely return that love. In in verse 10, he uses a big word, a word that I, I don't know whether anybody ever uses it, propitiation, that this is what Jesus becomes, a propitiation for our sins. He becomes the propitiation. Do you know what that means? Riley kind of identified that. She did identify that by saying, Jesus took the punishment upon himself for you and I. When he died upon the cross, he appeased the holy wrath of God that's actually directed upon you. He directed it upon himself, upon those who place their belief, their trust in Jesus Christ. (laughs) Woohoo. <laughs> it, that is absolutely worth celebrating. That's absolutely not only worth celebrating, it's worth being transformed according to that love of God. Are you with me on that? It changes my life when I come to realize that God sent His love into this world and, and I'm a recipient of that as I receive Christ as my Savior. The third point the the first the third part of this definition involves you and I God's love then is perfected within us it could be perfected within us as we have the opportunity to love others right that wonderful absolutely awesome love of God he says through this forgiveness of Jesus then can be working within you and I matter of fact the way John puts it it needs to be working within you and I he says right from the get-go in that that verse seven hey beloved love one another in verse 11 he says beloved if God so loved us we also ought to love one another makes sense right If he's loved us so greatly, then he wants us to share that love. And the one and another isn't just because you received Jesus. Oh, I'll love you then. There's there's a whole um, humanity around us. Some of those do not know. Hey, there's two kinds of people. There's those who believe in Jesus and have received Jesus, and those who are yet to believe in Jesus. Right? Right? There are people who need to hear about Jesus, and they need to have that opportunity as well to receive Jesus Christ as their Savior and to realize that God, yes, God loves you so much that He sent His Son into this world. It is, here's the identifying marks uh, of God's love It, it is through sacrifice. He sent His Son to us. Well, what kind of love should our love look like? To what extent? sacrifice sacrifice even it it really ought to be this that that we ought to find those actions that that are are for the benefit of uh, others how can i step up how can i live uh for those around me you see the world the the love around the world that is so tainted that it's more of an inward love i what i feel what i want what i desire that's where love comes from But with God, it is an outward-looking love. It's it's one that looks out and is loving the community, even those who don't love you. And that might even be hateful towards you. What did Jesus do? Matter of fact, in, in verse 10, excuse me, verse 9, No, it is verse 10. In this love, not that we have loved God, but he first loved us. He loved us and we were considered in our sinfulness his enemy. We were considered his enemy. And yet, he loved us so much he sent his son to die for us. Oh, I want to live for him. I want to live for him. Do you want to live for him? (laughs) Every day is an opportunity to worship and to live and to be honoring of the God who sent his Son to, to die on our behalf. Let me go back to the Advent candles before we wrap up. In each one, I, I just use this, this represents hope. That hope is in Jesus. That hope is a hope that we have in Jesus Christ. The, the candle about preparation, we, we focused upon John the Baptist who had the wonderful opportunity to announce, hey, the kingdom of God is at hand, and, and here comes the Savior, Jesus. And, and, and so he prepared, but it's also that idea that he's coming again. That preparation continues, and the preparation of what Jesus did for us is part of changing our hearts and rearranging our lives so that we will live and be the, the very people who reflect God, who loves that, that. That reflection ought to be happening within us. Also, joy. Joy. The point we made when it came to joy is no matter the circumstances that we face in every day, through sicknesses and difficulties, through hardships, even, even rough places in relationships, that joy never goes away. That promise is, is for what is to come. God has laid out a promise, and we get that joy all the time. And then today, love, love, love. How God has defined love. It is absolutely how he's given to us uh, through, through that sacrifice uh, and, and given us such a love that we are able to return that love. To love him and as he calls us to, to love others in that same kind of love. This white candle is, is the connecting of all those four words. And this candle is... Representing Jesus. Jesus. Eric's going to finish up that part and, and we're going to do this. The rest of this service is we're going to do this together. And, and the first part right now, we're going to enter into a, a time of communion. I, hopefully, you were able to get a, a, a cup. If anybody did not get a cup as you came in, it's back there at the table. Uh, I'll I'll give you just a moment to to go back and get you. I see a few folks. Uh, Forgive us if we didn't point that direction. But I'd like for us all to be able to do this together. So go ahead and and, uh, prepare to to take this communion together. The significance of communion. Jesus laid out, you know, that night before he was crucified. And he said, this is what you do in, in remembrance of me. And why why do we need to remember Jesus? Why do we need to remember Jesus? Because he is absolutely the means, the source of our salvation. This is something that you cannot do on your own. Uh, Please don't think that you're good enough. uh, And and you don't need Jesus. That's a sad state. Because all it requires is one sin to, to have you separated from God. We are all absolutely separated from God because of our sinfulness. And we need Jesus. And we need to celebrate Christ. So let's do that. Uh, if, if you would prepare by taking that bread. And let's do this together. On, on that day, after, after he s- established this, Jesus was nailed upon the cross. The fancy word is propitiation. He paid the price of your sinfulness upon the cross. For those of us who believe, let's partake of that bread. Represents his body. And then together, let's partake of this cup. This juice represents the blood of Jesus that cleanses us from all unrighteousness. We are only righteous... Because he lived that righteous life. And he is my representative. He is your representative before God. You are righteous because of Jesus. Let's partake. Father, we praise you for Jesus Christ. We praise you, Lord, in the midst of our celebration. Knowing that that there is no other way for us to come to this place Lord, to be identified first as your children, to be identified as the people of your kingdom. We praise you, Father, that you are the revealer of love. You're the one who's defined it and brought it before us, Lord, and even enabled us to return to to the very character, the very content within our own lives, to be able to love through you. Jesus, through your spirit, Lord, working upon us, help us to grow, help us to be strengthened, Lord, to to continue to pursue and to love as you have loved. Lord, we praise you because you have loved us so well, and we praise you for Jesus. It's in his name we pray. Amen.